wouldn't go so far as to call the brother fat. I mean, he got a weight problem. What's he going to do? He's some more. everybody welcome to the weight podcast a podcast by two people who are trying to lose weight we're back we're back <laughs> it was a, a, before we started i meant to say oh we should say that at the same time oh <laughs> yeah we so we've been away for the summer um stressing out and <laughs> Having a stress eating <laughs> stress eating uh no exercising uh more stress eating um, and then enjoying ourselves. Yeah, finally, towards the last half of the summer. Um, to give you a brief recap, I think we talked about it a little before our uh, unplanned hiatus. Um, and I want to thank everyone that wrote to us or asked us <laughs> when we were coming back. I'm always surprised that people are actually listening. So I really appreciate people's interest. Um, we talked about this a little before we got back, but... Uh, we're unceremoniously um, asked to get to step in. Get to <laughs> uh, asked to leave our apartment, not for anything we did, but because our landlord wanted to move into our apartment and jack up our rent. And uh, so it was one of those things where we had planned our life like one more year. I had one more. I have one more year of school, which I just started this week. Yay. Um, so we're back in sort of a, somewhat of a routine as I feel my way through that. Um, so we had just planned to be there for one more year, and suddenly our landlord drops this on us, and then we find out that most places in our the town we want to live in, Somerville, we want to stay there, uh, weren't uh, that keen on having a dog uh, bob size around. Uh, or uh, living on the first floor, or in our price range. We had a lot of. <laughs> yeah. I guess we had a lot of. We had. We had. A, we, had a, we had a lot of. Uh, I would like a dishwasher. I yeah. would like it. Uh, the rent to be low. We're not uh, central air, if if possible. <laughs> we're not twenty two year olds anymore, so we're not just going to take whatever. And our standards are a little high these days. Sure. Um, so we went uh, looking in the surrounding area, and lo and behold, we ended up in the uh, we ended up close to the South Shore. I hear people around here don't actually refer to this as the South Shore. We're learning. We're not natives yet. We live in Quincy, Massachusetts now. Quincy. Quincy, which um is actually which is actually really nice. I think we're um we're still getting used to living here. We we found a place that's like an apartment building, like a yeah. nice new apartment building with all the amenities we are looking for. I like to call it a grown-up apartment. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a grown-up apartment. It's nice. It I mean it took Bob, which is a big thing for just a nominal fee. Um, but we're so new that they're still like building three of the buildings. So at some point we'll have uh, a roof deck and a pool and a gym. It's just probably not until uh, about October. Um, I missed the pool this summer when it got really hot, but I'm looking forward to the gym. Yeah, the gym's going to be a huge, I think, for the both of us because you and I have always said that we wanted to go to the gym, but there's a myriad of reasons why we wouldn't get to the gym even though I had a gym in my building at my work, and yet I still couldn't bring myself to go to the gym. Um, but here in our new apartment building, we will have a gym. And so now we have no excuse for not going. Zero excuse. Um, 
Yeah, so hopefully, I mean, not hopefully, it's going to be right around the corner. So I am very excited for the prospect. But that being said, the last part of our summer was really good. We tried to cram as much in as possible. Um, and we did somewhat of a good job. Uh, it's just the first half of our summer was a little bit was a little bit stressful looking for a place to live. But we are stable and uh, we're in a good place, a different place, and uh, and yeah, I'm actually loving living down here in uh, in beautiful Quincy, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> I have to start. I have to say it like the locals do. I guess uh, if you're from around here or even from the Boston metro area. They don't call it Quincy. That's how they know you're not from around here. Mm-hmm. It's Quincy, just like uh, all the other towns around here in Massachusetts aren't pronounced the way that you'd see it. Like I, I think a long time ago when I was talking with some friends about this town called Peabody, they fell over. They're like, uh, we don't call it Peabody. It's Peabody. Yeah. <laughs> that's, such a, that's such a Massachusetts saying. Or Haverhill. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not Haverhill. It's... Haverhill, I, I don't know these. Haverhill, Haverhill is another one. You New Englanders and your bastardizations of pronunciations—it's just baffling to me. What did Louis C.K. say? Where at some point it's not just like an accent; it's a speech impediment. Yeah. <laughs> Our friend uh, from the podcast, Matt, who got married this summer, yay, Matt! Which yay. is one of the fun things we did this summer. Got to see a load of people that we haven't seen in a while and had a great, great time. Uh, he found that very difficult when he started to work in Massachusetts because uh, he'd think he was pronouncing a name correctly, but he would totally get shut down by his his native bred coworkers. <laughs> Wuban. Yeah, woo- <laughs> Is that how you say Wuban? Wuban. Do people I, say it like that? Woo-burn. I don't know. I might. We might be making that up. Okay, this isn't the the. Uh, this ma- isn't the uh, Massachusetts pronunciation <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so this we'll- is the weight. So uh, we're glad to be back, and we're glad to be back and finally being able to, like, uh, have time to sit down and, and do this and, and make time for it. So uh, thanks for having us back if you uh, if you decide to listen again. Sorry about the hiatus. Yeah. Uh, so one of the first things that we actually just recently did um, in an effort to kind of get us back on track is we bought Fitbit. So thank you, Lewis and uh, from Lewis from the South Shore, South Shore Lou, South Shore Lou, <laughs> for uh, suggesting um, and also your really thoughtful letter. I read it and I must have sat down and wrote you back a million times, but I just couldn't seem to convey um, exactly like something nearly as thoughtful or or as wonderful as what you wrote. But I will tell you, or anybody who's listening, that we uh, that I think for the same reasons that you bought a Fitbit. I think we decided that it was important for us to buy a Fitbit as well so that we can not only monitor or to set goals for ourselves, but to monitor just how inactive we are throughout the day. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. In some ways, it's not ha-ha funny, but uh, it's interesting when I guess I guess these past few months have been an interesting experiment because I can see what happens when I don't like pay close attention to what's what's happening with me and my body and what I do. Um, I think, I sort of think, I think sort of get in my head that I do, but then when I actually start doing it, I'm like, yikes, I, I haven't been paying close attention at all. Well, you know, you're supposed to reach your 10,000 steps, and I think um, being a desk worker, you know, you realize very quickly how you don't even get to half of those steps, maybe even a quarter of those steps, just in the day-to-day getting around 
But what I found really interesting, though, was on uh, I can also kind of gauge how busy my days are mm-hmm. based on how many steps I've been taking throughout the day. Because to be fair, I, I don't, you know, you and I haven't really been exercising in the evening. We might go for walks here and there, maybe walk the dog. But I don't think you and I have made a concerted effort to, no. all right, we're going to, we're going to. We're going to break the 10,000 steps goal. Like, yeah. I, I don't think you and I are, are quite there yet, um, but it, it is really eye-opening, and frankly, I'm, I'm horrified. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, it is a little bit horrific to think, because, I mean, to be fair, I mean, we're not, you know, it's not like we're farmhands. We're like, we're, you know, we work, we do most of what we do at, at our desks, and so you have to make a concerted effort to actually get out and do anything. It's okay. I mean, it's not just happening normally. It's not just happening normally on our day-to-day. It's okay to say what? I was going to say, it's okay to say what we really are. What's that? Oafish and Dorsey people. (laughs) (laughs) We are really in Dorsey. (laughs) Very in Dorsey. That's why why we can't wait for this gym to come. So we just... Walk a couple buildings down and jump on the treadmill, and then uh, we're 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 good. We can hit we can hit ten thousand ten thousand steps with uh, without much with you know very easily. We are really indoorsy. Yeah, <laughs> camping no. Uh uh-uh. uh Oh, we like the beach. Yeah, the beach is the best. Unfortunately, beach season has come to a close, but the beach was really great. Um, every year we might have mentioned this before, but every year we. Uh, take a trip to Rhode Island and take a week to ourselves. My parents have a beach house there that they rent out usually, but they save a week for each one of their kids. And we usually take we usually take that last week around Labor Day, either before or after, because usually the water's pretty warm and kids are going back to school, so there's a lot less uh, there's a lot less crowds. And on those days, yeah, I mean, we got out a lot. I mean, give us a beach and give us some waves and, like, we'll do a lot, um, you know, comparatively speaking. And I think also with the, you know, talking about some of the things that we did over the summer that may not have helped us in our mission to sort of achieve our fitness goals and our health goals. Uh, and I think anybody can, everybody knows or everybody can identify with this. And that's when you're on vacation, all rules about your eating and um, is that and, everyone though, or is that just us? No, I think a lot of people do that. I think when people go on vacation, they just—I mean, maybe they don't go as overboard as we do, but I do think that you know people do tend to indulge a little bit more on vacation. Um, I think that's fair. No, you're—it's fair. And it's funny because you would think that if we're going to be in a home setting rather than like at a resort or whatever, that you know we would have a little more control over our food so that we can continue to eat, you know, better foods or whatnot. But we really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and that's sort of by design. We like to sit back. I mean, but honestly, that week, the week we took uh, towards the end of the summer was pr- was only like part of the problem anyway. Right. That's just in addition to the weeks before that, right. which, you know, as it, as it usually goes. If we were keeping up with everything, that week might have, might not have mattered as much. But Right. Yeah. But yeah, I know vacation eating, vacation eating is, uh, is bad news, especially... Um, I don't know if you guys heard about this, and I don't know. I didn't mention that I was going to bring this up, but uh, that Uh-oh. those twelve herbs and spices. <gasps> oh my gosh! <laughs> Damn you, AV Club! Oh so, man! So Kevin had me to this article on the AV Club about about how some reporter went down to what did they do? They went to they went to the they went to an ancestor 
of like the original Colonel Sanders, and I don't know what I guess he was doing a story or something, and he just happened to pick up a scrapbook and was leafing through it and just and they didn't look whoever's house they were in didn't look at what he was looking at. And he came upon basically the original recipe, the 12 herbs and spices. 11. The, oh, is uh, it 11? The 11. saying 12. No, no, the 11 herbs and spices. Um, and so he reported on it. I think he even took a picture he of it. He quickly took a picture and put it up. And he put it up. So before it was taken down, or I, I'm not even sure if it was ever pulled, but uh, before that, Kevin screenshot it and immediately sent it to me. So, of course, I had to... Uh, I had to re- you know, replicate this myself and uh, or put it all together. And let me tell you, it really did taste like the Colonel's chicken. It was incredible. Um, that might have been the best meal I've ever made in my life. I told Tina that, and I wasn't kidding. I mean, she's a phenomenal cook, and this might have been one of her best meals yet. It was, it was, so, it was so good. <laughs> it was so bad, but it was so good. And we had that on vacation. Yeah, it was, it was one of our vacation meals. It's funny, like packing, uh, I made my list for uh, things that we should pack, you know, like our swimsuits and sunblock, and, and <laughs> somewhere on the list it says cast iron skillet. <laughs> <laughs> we and didn't it, leave that, did we? We did. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, so I pre-made the uh, the mix beforehand, and maybe I'll put it up. I mean, I know that's not necessarily, you know, the, the, the trajectory that we're supposed to be taking, but what the hell? I mean, everybody should have this recipe to make fried chicken at home because, no, I, I'm not kidding. That really was the best fried chicken I've ever we had. We did it up. We had mashed potatoes. We had corn on the cob. Oh, it was, it was heavenly. It was so good. So <laughs> worth it. It was so worth it. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, you know, it's, it's sort of our mantra around here. It's not something that you can have. You're, you shouldn't eat that every day of the week. But, oh, man, for a special treat, oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. And, phenomenal. I mean, Tina's, Tina's a fried, fried chicken aficionado anyway. She has her family recipe passed down. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but this, whew, this, it was good, and it closely replicates Kentucky Fried Chicken, and it is. I mean, Kentucky I'm not gonna fried lie; chicken. it is Kentucky Fried Chicken, and I'm not gonna lie. I like I like slash love Kentucky Fried Chicken. So, um, I didn't realize my parents were so into it. it. We were telling my dad about this meal, and he was really lamenting the fact that the local Kentucky Fried Chicken had had closed down. Yeah, he. I was really surprised. Your parents are so health conscious, and I'm I'm very surprised that uh, that they were really in. Or your dad especially was really into into KFC. I kind of figured that uh, your dad, your parents would be very against eating fried chicken. Well, I guess it's like I said, they're not eating it every day. But you know, he's he's definitely lamenting the fact that he can't just like grab a bucket when they're feeling lazy for dinner, which I'm sure for them doesn't happen a lot. But <laughs> he definitely seems sad that it wasn't around anymore. And I was like, that's right. That's something we can agree on. Yep. I I'm also sad that Kentucky Fried Chicken isn't here right now. <laughs> the one thing that you and your dad can agree on. No, that's not. <laughs> um, besides movies too. Yes. So, um, so. Somebody out there, and I'm sorry I forgot who suggested this. This was in an email. Somebody had suggested, um, and thank you for the suggestion because I just picked it up and I started reading. Um, it's a great book. Uh, I'm, I'm through the sec- the third chapter. Oh, damn. It's called Unapologetic Fat Girl's Guide to Exercise and Other Incendiary Acts by Honey Blank. And it's a fantastic, you know, Kevin and I have been talking about um, the struggle that he and I both have um, 
trying to get going with exercise. Yeah. <laughs> and well how do documented we, on here. How do we get going and why do we have stops and starts and fits and whatnot? And um, it, this book actually is a, has been a pretty good resource for how to get started with exercise and how to make it a part or how to change your, um, like, how do you view exercise? Um, and it also sort of uh, uh, delves a little bit into the word fat, which I thought was really interesting. That was one of the first things that she wrote, and it kind of got me thinking about the word fat. What did, uh, so what was her take on it? Um, well, she says that it's, uh, the more you use it in a way um, as like a descriptor uh, over time, it doesn't hurt you anymore because for so long the word fat has been um, a hurtful word yeah. and a word and it has so many bad and negative connotations that it's not a bad thing it's just a descriptor of your body mm-hmm. um you know you're tall you're lanky you're you know you have dark hair you're fat um and i thought that was interesting i'm not sold on the idea of anybody being able to use the word fat i think it's just in the way that it's being used like if somebody were to say you know like uh, like there were these kids in the in the old neighborhood that we lived in in um in somerville and there was like a group of teenage kids who walked by and they're they're like you know your typical neighborhood you know street rats and (laughs) (laughs) massachusetts townies yeah exactly and you know and he did he called me fat like wait when was this this is when i lived um over on the other side of somerville close to the um to the bike oh so this wasn't like recently no no um but he did he you know he called he was like what are you looking at fatty or something like that and i remember just being so like hurt by it like you're transported back to like right but right back to being that that you know like that insecure fat girl and and it just kills me to think that you know this little shit in (laughs) you know in like in a in a you know fleeting moment you know completely ruined my day and now I don't think that would bother me. Now you know I'm almost forty. I think I would laugh at that more than anything. Um, you but, might give him a. You might give him Afonsika. <laughs> For those of you who those can't, are her fist names. Those are my fist names, Afonsika. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it, um, I, I do think that um, I'm I'm now starting to think of fat as um, as a descriptor myself. Yeah, it's really interesting, and I'm. Um, Sort of painting with a large brush here, but I feel like that sort of incident might happen more often to women than it does to guys. Like, no one has ever just, like, said that to me. Like, no, like, even if they're little young punks. I feel like people feel more of a license because they think they can get away with saying it saying it to women. So they don't, so guys don't necessarily, or no one calls you fat. So much, but aren't there things that people might say to you that might get under your skin? Oh yeah, the biggest, my biggest pet peeve, unless we're like good friends or unless we're joking around, is someone calling me like big guy. Ooh, yeah, big guy. That's that's one for me, and it's not the sort of thing where it's like, oh, like I'm sure if someone like called me fat in a derogatory way, it might take me aback, definitely. But it's just, and it's really more annoying than anything else. But it's also like. It's also, in a weird sort of way, it's also weirdly too familiar. Like, if you're a good friend and you're like, hey, big guy, I'd be like, whatever. But if, like, you're a stranger 
and you're like, you're, I don't know, you're helping me out with something or you're helping me at a store and you call me big guy. I'm like, mm, that's a little, that's a little too familiar. Even though they may or may not trying to be nice, it's still like, I don't know. It's still on the edge for me. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like even if you know, um, you're a very close friend and they still called you big guy. I don't know. I I, I kind of feel gross about hearing somebody say that because it's like, well, you wouldn't go out and call them. You know, hey, a uh, big nose guy. I don't, yeah. I don't know, but you get what I mean. No, I know. Yeah, no, it's true. And actually, to be honest, even after I said that, I don't think any of my close friends would actually say that to me so no yeah so it's still it's still pretty annoying but it's interesting too about the word fat um and i think what she has to say is interesting because i don't know in a weird sort of way i think big people are trying to reclaim that word because i think for a lot of people especially people that did grow up bigger um i did grow up bigger um I mean, for a lot of us through childhood, that fat was a really cutting, derogatory word. And I mean, it, it, I mean, like you said, we're pushing 40 now, um, so I can sort of mentally disengage now. But I mean, growing up, if I was in my 20s or something, that would take me back. That would take me back 10 or 15 years. Would you describe yourself as fat? Now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. probably. I mean... I guess. I tried <laughs> Actually, you know what? Um, when we met, before we met, I guess you probably saw pictures of me, didn't you? Yes, in, oh, your, okay. in your really cute karate outfit. <laughs> but that was a young... But did you see any like, contemporary pictures of me? Uh, yeah. So oh, I think, yeah. I think yeah, in a in dating college. profile, or online dating profile, I would have described myself as... Oh, what? Athletic? No, not athletic. It was definitely bigger or quote unquote more to love. Is more that still one of their? Uh, is that still one, one of their descriptors? Is that still one of their options? Well, I haven't been on a dating site in ten years. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, I hope it's longer than ten years. Oh wait! Um, oh damn! Twelve years! Oh no! <laughs> if anyone, if anyone's on the scene, let us know. I don't know if they might have changed that up. Yeah, more to love is okay, but even that's weirdly condescending, right? That is weirdly condescending, actually. I mean, what would you just come out and say, like uh, fat? I guess you're not going to say that either, and I guess you're no... But why not? Why wouldn't you say fat on a dating profile? Because fat, until it's reclaimed, or until uh, everyone changes their perspective, or until we work to change its perspective, fat is still seen as derogatory. It's unfortunate, but it is. You know, the, it, it actually the word fat has such negative connotations, um, and uh, it, in ways that it even goes back to adolescence um, and yeah. childhood... So there was a there was a study by the Canadian Child and Adolescent Psychiatry Review. Um, it was back in two thousand four, which examined the roles of um, media and eating disorders. And maybe things have, are starting to change a little bit now. And when I say now, I mean like in the last year or two. Um, but back then, um, there was a survey questioning uh, eleven to seventeen year old girls and what their number one wish was. Now. Think of an 11 to 17-year-old girl. Sure. Um, we have uh, 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 nieces who range in age from 11 to, uh, 11 to well, in their 20s. But, you know, we remember our 20-year-old nieces sure. when they were between 11 and 17. Yeah. What do you think their number one wish was? To be thin. It, it, that surprised me. Like, I thought it would have been something like to maybe uh, go meet B, uh, Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially if you're Canadian. 
Um, uh, but no, I was really surprised. Their number one wish um, for anything was that they wanted to lose weight and keep it off. And that was so disturbing to me because I think of our niece who was 11 years old. Yeah. And when I think of her already being um, concerned with her weight, it, it's it's just so disturbing. Thankfully, she is not because yes. I think her, her mom and dad uh, have instilled really good um, body positivity um, uh, uh, less uh, good, but uh, healthy body positivity. And also, I mean, yeah. And plus, they're good at getting them out there doing stuff, keeping them physically active, yep. and tennis and rock climbing. And man, they do all sorts of stuff. Now that I think about it, we didn't have half the stuff that kids have uh, access to nowadays. You ever notice that? Yeah, I mean, did no? I guess we didn't. No, not really. I mean, when I was a kid, we had. Uh, you know, we had... You had two sticks <laughs> and a we can. Had a can. <laughs> <laughs> Listen we, to us. We, we oh. sound so old. No, but we, you know, that, that was how... I mean, I guess we had soccer and we had volleyball and softball, yeah, baseball. Yeah, so all the same stuff. It's just like one more thing that they have. But rock climbing? Yeah, that's... That's I mean, pretty it's awesome. Big, it's pretty awesome. That's that's really awesome. I think it's great that kids have all these things that they can, uh, they can expose themselves to so that... You know, they can um, maintain a healthy lifestyle, but not just in the narrow ways that I guess we were sort of brought up to yeah. stay active. Like, ah, oh, you know, you must join the softball team or you must, uh, yeah. you know, it, like I think that gets into a whole nother bevy of issues with, you know, pop, you know, being like a popular kid. But that's a whole that's that's a whole nother business that yeah. I don't, really don't know anything about. But the point is, is um, it's all about perspective, though, right? Because, I mean, what it. You know, this is a getting into a weird philosophical area, but, like, what is skinny or what is normal? Like, I was looking up all these definitions of words, and they keep using the word normal, but it's but, like, but what is normal? normal? Right. And what, you know, what is seen as normal? And I guess we all have an idea in our head what universally is seen as normal or seen as skinny. And, uh, and I don't I know, guess- that should be put on its head. And it's also weird, too, because then it's also doubles back in itself to a weird sort of body shaming for people with different types of bodies. Um, so I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird area to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it, 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 but it begs a question, you know, what is normal or what is skinny when it should just be what is healthy? Yeah. What's healthy and, and what do you feel comfortable with in your body? And sometimes healthy can, can, you know, can mean a, um, a couple of different things as well. You know, healthy could be your mental health. Healthy could be, mm-hmm. you know, what are your readings at your doctor's office? Um, yeah. And I think we've talked, we've beat that topic to death in our earlier podcast when, you know, you and I had, uh, had gone to our doctor's office to get our readings and found that even though our weight may be on the high, yeah. on the higher side, you know, we actually had some very good readings with, mm-hmm. um, with our sugar levels and whatnot. So exactly. Um, so I mean, what else did she say? Um, that, w- I mean, there's, uh, she kind of, well, my iPad died. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's okay. I looked, it's funny because nowadays, I mean, talking about that word, I'd rather use the word fat because like I said, I looked up the word, I looked up overweight and that's, you know, above a weight considered normal or desirable. And that's another crappy that's another crappy word yes desirable by who right i mean i guess we all desire to be something but i mean what what is that and what is normal and the same with the same with obese 
Now that just means grossly fat or overweight. Obese to me seems more clinical. Obese seems really clinical, and also I feel, and I and I could be wrong. I might be getting on some sort of weird. <laughs> I might be getting on some sort of weird side of an argument here, but I also feel like the term obese has come to have different meanings than maybe it once did just a little while ago. How's that? I don't have it. I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but even the idea of what's obese and what's not. You know, we've talked about this before, about like what the BMI means and things like things like that. I mean, it's just the sort of thing that's changing with perspective and the time and new information over time. Um, there, then there's a one... Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, what were you saying? There was a, um, a, it's funny that we talk about what does obesity mean and what does weight mean. There, there, was a, um, there was a study that was released this summer about, oddly enough, South Pacific Islanders and why, are they, why do they tend to be heavier than the average American. Right before our hiatus came, we keep calling it a hiatus, but anyway, we'll, we'll stick with that. Hiatus came. We're, I remember sending you this, I remember talking to you about this article. I'm sorry. And um, and one of the things it talked about was that uh, deep in a South Pacific Islander's genetic code, um, I guess South Pacific Islanders had to carry um, extra weight in order to um, to survive navigating the seas. So when South Pacific Islanders migrated across the South Pacific, um, the their only means of survival was packing on weight uh, so that they wouldn't starve to death. And those that did starve, to, or I guess it was like a survival of the fittest. Yeah, um, but I guess that has sort of carried on throughout the um, throughout the thousands of years, and so that's why, or that's one of the many reasons why a lot of South Pacific Islanders just carry are they're just naturally larger people. But the problem nowadays is, I guess, is that they're not like rolling across oceans. Right. <laughs> well, that's the... Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and there's also lots of McDonald's on the island, so yeah. I guess that's not really helping either. Um, and, you know, there's there's so many other problems with um, with diet and... Yeah, with diet and, and, and what, exercise the, oh, what the and, islands get. And, yeah. Right. The, that's a whole other conversation. But I thought that that we was... We talk about it sometime, just not today, but yeah. But that is, that is interesting. But it's also something else that kept coming up when I was looking up these words, is that the idea of how much... Um, genetics actually plays into everything, right? And that, I think that article is a pretty good illustration of that. Of right of the makeup of your genes, and you know what might be the reasons for why your body um, is made the way that it is. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. It is. It is. It's really interesting. Um, the other ones, the other couple of things I looked up real quickly uh, before we came on um, plus sized, which usually refers. Which they're like, oh, this is for clothing and for people. Again, it's the, their definition was of a size larger than normal range, okay. whatever that means. And then big boned. How do you feel about big boned? It, that, big bone is big bone knife is usually derogatory. Yeah, I, I mostly think, it's like because other people are like, oh, that's just a way for fat people not to admit they're fat, and that's again the whole using fat as a negative. Yeah, I feel like that's a word that's kind of gone by the wayside. I don't, I, I don't think that that's used as as much of as a descriptor as maybe it might have been up until about ten, fifteen years ago. I feel like it wasn't even like a thing more than like mom saying it to make 
make us fat kids feel better. Right. Oh, right. Kind of like, uh, like Cartman, like Cartman yeah. on South Park. Right. Exactly. Um, actually, I think ever since Cartman, or ever since South Park started making fun of using the word big bone, you really hadn't heard it again yeah. after that. They sort of put the kibosh on it. That's pretty interesting. Um, so it's interesting. It's just all a weird line of demarcation of what's considered normal and what's not considered normal. Um, I guess if you're not using... Um, these sort of words to sort of shame um, to shame people. Yeah, I guess it's okay to use it, but I guess it also depends on who you're talking to, um, and, and like in in what context and who your audience is. It's also, I mean, <laughs> it's also going to the doctor, and uh, you know, I assume you know, a doctor is going to be using it in the correct manner scientifically, but it's also tough to hear. I hate the word obese. Oh, okay. Overweight's fine. Like, I get that. But obese is always the one that rubs me really the wrong way. And that's usually used in, like, you know, more scientific doctor's office terms. And I'm still like, ugh. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, that's why, maybe that's why they use the word. Maybe they're trying to some sort of uh, reverse psychology. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you, had a, you came across something funny about Oprah. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if this is ha-ha funny, but uh, I, I was t- we were talking. Team and I were talking, and one of the things back in the day that we talked about when we first started was uh, Oprah becoming the face of Weight Watchers was was one of our uh, or one of your inspirations for starting this podcast. She's doing that whole bread thing. Just Oprah in general um, was uh, was an inspiration, and also just. Listening to her, I, I could listen to her all day on TV say, I love bread. <laughs> I love bread. <laughs> bread. And uh, no fronts, I love bread too. Um, although, <laughs> although, just this week before, we just, before coming back, I was, I was showing Tina that apparently since she's, so she got a 10% stake in Weight Watchers, but apparently since she came on board, for whatever reason, the stock has been in free fall. So she did get a hundred and eighty. She, she did get a hundred eighty million dollar stake, which is a lot. But she lost one hundred and sixteen, which sounds like a lot to mere mortals like us. But then I did the calculations. I actually did math. You did she's math. Still, yeah, she still has sixty four million dollars. So I'm like, I don't feel that bad. It's just a weird sort of thing that she's all of a sudden losing all this money. Wait, let's let's just be clear, okay? That's $64 million just from this deal alone. Yeah. Let alone, you know, her 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 Oprah network empire and magazine and, you know, her big media empire probably makes her one of the richest women in the world. Well, so, she is, yeah. So, Oprah's fine. Yeah. So, in the end, Oprah's fine, but Weight Watchers is, uh, their stock's in a free fall and they're looking for a new CEO. Um, and it's funny too because you mentioned Fitbit, and it's because of Fitbit and apps like they're saying because of things like Fitbit and apps like my my Fitness Pal that Weight Watchers is struggling so much. Which is so interesting. Which makes sense because it's sort of like we talked about. I'm sorry. No, what? It's sort of like we talked about how newspapers, um, how you'll go to them and sometimes they want to pay for they want to make you pay for an article. And, oh, if, and you're nothing, just like, right, I'm not nothing. paying for something that used to be free. And it's sort of like this with Weight Watchers, where it's like, I can get a free app and right. not have to and not have to pay for your program, and that's what I'm going to do. Right, exactly. And also on um, my Fitness Pal, I mean, it's great that you know that they crowdsource so much data. Yeah. You know, it, you know, people have are, are so generous with you know adding their own information on there, so it becomes easier for the rest of us to sort of. 
um, create our own fitness and and eat, you know diet plans all on our own for mm-hmm. free. And you know if you're sa- if you're savvy enough, um, you you know this could be you could use these two tools, Fitbit and My Fitness Pal. Um, to sort of gauge your progress, and and I can't think of a better way to do that than and I and and also I think the I I personally think that one of the problems with Weight Watchers is um, is uh, meticulously counting points. Yeah, I've heard that. I mean, I don't have the studies in front of me, but I also heard the points thing doesn't actually work out the way it's supposed to. I maybe it does. I'm sure that for it works for a lot of people. But uh, but work enough for Weight Watchers to not go into a tailspin. I mean, you know. But I mean, I guess that I guess that idea doesn't sort of work out with Fitbit because I mean, we had to pay for the Fitbit, and we got <laughs> and we didn't even get the the uh, the most expensive one. We got the basically the the electronic pedometer. We got the zip bottom basic model <laughs> we went into the local walmart and we're like oh no this one would the cost cheap one. the cheap one yeah fish <laughs> that one fish that one out of the uh, out of the back um but i mean it does it does a good job and it still like hooks up to the app so um yeah. it's just becoming it's just become another tool so i don't know i mean i didn't look into this before but i don't know how much like a weight watchers subscription costs but I just think I just feel like there's other less expensive ways to do it, and you can sort of. It's what we talked about. We've talked about a lot. It's sort of like you can tailor all these things to yourself, so there's no need. Like Weight Watchers, either they're going to have to learn to adapt, or they're going to go by the wayside. I guess it's like with anything else. And Oprah just happened to get in at the wrong time. Oh, I, I think. Well, I think they were probably on their way down, and they were hoping for um, a life jacket in using <laughs> Oprah's name. And even the Big O couldn't help couldn't help that sinking ship. Unfortunately, o- Oprah's just like, I'm going to turn my attention to uh, Queen Sugar now. I'll see you guys later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I... I kind of wonder if uh, Weight Watchers is going to end up becoming like Blockbuster Video, you know, and, <laughs> and Fitbits and My Fitness Pal are going to be more like Netflix. Yeah, you know, just taking over the taking over the game. I can see it. I mean, people are people are becoming more and more savvy about this type of stuff, and I can I can see that happening, where you can sort of curate what works best for you instead of just going to one something that you're fitting into a sort of a somewhat of a one size fits all. This sort of scheme. It, well, it's also like this proprietary system. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not. I, I think the uh, Weight Watchers is now in their second version, I guess. And, and I guess the first version you can follow for free online um, because they don't use it anymore. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I just kind of find that the payment for a membership and, and all that and the weigh ins, I don't know. The weigh ins are also a little. Ugh, like you have to yeah, do it. Like you I'm have not, to do it in public. And I'm I, also not like marvelous Marvin Hagler. I don't need to be weighed in front of people, right? I mean, maybe they don't do that. <laughs> I know I'm not up there in my underwear or anything, but I mean, maybe they don't do it that publicly. But it just seems no. Odd. I, I think they do. do they? No, I think they. Oh, I think if you go to the Weight Watchers meetings, yes, I think they do weigh you in, and I don't think that they announce it. I think they just take a look and write it down on a uh, you know in your profile and, yeah. and move along. I, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just nicer to be able to do this in the comfort of your own home um, and to log it into your own app and go about it that way. I mean, I think there can be something something positive said about, you know, it's sort of like you and I falling back on each other in a sense, although sometimes we can be also our worst enemies. 
Um, but KFC, KFC, but uh, <laughs> but also there could be something said to ha- be doing something with a group like that too, having people to you know prop you up. Well, so, I mean, there's some. Isn't that the point of uh, what we're doing right now? Is building a community of of like-minded people who have the same struggles? That's what I'm saying, and that's one of the things I think that might be good about Weight Watchers and its meetings and stuff. It's like, oh, people are having these same these same issues. I just think I feel like they need to figure something else out to sort of update things, or they're going to go by the wayside. Also, um, real quick, speaking of uh, chicken, um, I, we were watching something, and this is months ago. And someone, we were either, this is a real great story, but we were either watching something (laughs) or reading something, and someone mentioned patron saint of the podcast, uh, Ashley Graham, and uh, I forget who it was. Do you remember? What, did did Ashley have an issue with chicken? No, 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 but that's coming. It's not an issue with chicken, but this is the, it's not a punchline, but it's my story. But just Ashley in general, like they mentioned seeing Ashley somewhere, and that she looked good, whatever. Um, Never mind. But I will say that I looked up quickly to see what was going on with Ashley. Because I was like, I remember having a conversation with Tina about her a couple months ago. And this comes from the New York Post, so who knows if it's true. (laughs) There was this great headline where they said that Ashley Graham... Do you know what Ashley Graham ate the night before she started New York Fashion Week? Kentucky Fried Chicken? Close. It was Chinese food, and she says she ate a bunch of chicken fried rice. She's like, I ate way too much chicken fried rice. <laughs> and then she came out, came out and looked incredible. So I was just like, oh, shout out to Ashley for, you know, again, you can't do that every day, but it's like, shout out for to Ashley for eating like a normal person. It's not like I had, you know, it was like the old jokes. It's not like I had a, uh, I had a... Uh, I had a side uh, salad. I had a, I had a speed pill and a... <laughs> Uh, a piece of lettuce. <laughs> Speed pill, line of coke, and... <laughs> yeah, I had a cocaine brunch. <laughs> maybe some wine. <laughs> yep, and maybe... And some red wine. Because it contains... What's the good thing that red wine contains? Uh, alcohol? That's... <laughs> oh, I thought there was a thing. All right. Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These last couple minutes have been riveting. I just want to get to the thing that actually Graham made chicken fried rice. <laughs> Um, she, yeah, she did. No, she looked, I mean, she's, she's just. She always looks amazing. She always looks amazing. But I just like the fact that she's just like, F it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat chicken fried, I'm gonna eat chicken fried rice and tell about it and not be like, oh, hmm, this and that. Again, grain of salt that comes from the New York Post, but. Well, I don't, I don't think that she, you know, they would necessarily lie about something that Ashley ate, uh, uh, you know, uh, I mean, did she say that she ate it or was somebody like, oh. No, she said she ate it. Well, there you go. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, New York Post is not the most legitimate. (laughs) Speak for yourself. (laughs) That's where I get all my gossip news. Is that true? Uh, No. Page six? No, I don't. No. You and the that's where you go to for your uh, housewife's gossip. Uh, Did you see what they wrote on page six? (laughs) Um, Well, what what do you say? You ready to get into the weight? Yes, I am. It sucks, but I am. (laughs) It doesn't, it doesn't. Oh, I know, it's so bad. Here we go. Alright, so we're back. We're back and we're bad. We're Like, very bad. Like, off, like, bad. (laughs) Like, uh, Michael Jackson bad. Like, uh... Bad to the bone. Bad to the bone. Um... That's really it. Actually, we're like a Weird Al's version of bad. We're fat. We're, we're fat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I honestly, uh, through our move, I lost our notebook where we were keeping. <laughs> keep... Oh, I was hoping. I was hoping you found it. No, I oh, no, I forget what I forget what I was last at too. So that. So we're starting off a new season now. Yeah, we're starting off a new season, so we have no idea how much we ate the last time. So year just, zero. Yeah, year zero. I um, know I gained. I know that much. Oh, no, I know I gained, too. <laughs> I, I definitely know that for sure. Um, so, this, uh, so yes, I weighed myself, and I am now back up to 290. Ugh. Um, well, that's okay. I oh, gained. that hurts. I gained weight, too. I'm not... I had I didn't hit 350, which I'm uh, you know it's the little things. I'm actually happy about that, but I am back up to to 342, um, which also was painful, but not as. If I was over 350, I would have probably been in a deep funk. But uh, yeah, uh, I think my highest was 297, so yeah. I'm still seven pounds under my worst. If I was at like 253, did I say two 356 or above? Then I would have felt pretty bad. But I'm not. I'm not at my highest. So let's just, you know, go from here in, in, a, in a positive direction. And uh, like we said, we got our Fitbits, and I'm back to using my fitness pal with more regularity than I was. Um, and our grocery shopping is back to normal and, well, although, normal. It's, it's- so we moved, and we moved away from our most famous, you know, if you're not from around here, you don't know about it, but for our favorite, favorite place to go is Market Basket. and It's a grocery uh, supermarket. Supermarket. Um, you might have heard about it a couple years ago um, because they switched uh, owners or CEOs. I don't know. There was like this whole Greek tragedy about yeah, this. It was incredible uh, about this family who owned this uh, chain of supermarkets um, in um, Massachusetts and New Hampshire, and and I guess the what was it like the assets were divided amongst yeah. the family, and they were fighting with each other. And but the employees and, liked one guy, Arthur T. Demoulis. The best, who has really treated them really fairly, and they basically went on strike to get him back in charge of the company. Right, because his family members had ousted him as the CEO. <laughs> if someone, I wish someone from Massachusetts with more talent than us could write like a mini series about it, because it, it would be incredible. Oh, like it really was a mini little Greek tragedy, and they are Greek. They're Greek. Yeah. Oh my goodness. They had their own tragedy. So at any rate, we love this place. Low prices, local, and we moved to an area where there's no market baskets, and we've tried everything around here, and finally after this last shopping trip, we're just like, we're, we're just going to have to drive the 20 minutes away to the closest market basket, because it really is the best, yeah. and I miss it. And our grocery bills won't be so high. You're right. Um, Yeah, I guess it says a lot about um, when you do start switching to buying organic foods and um, maybe buying... uh, I mean, actually, since we don't buy as much meat, in that respect, our bill isn't as high as it would have been otherwise. But if you're not buying those market basket prices... uh, Everything is exorbitantly overpriced. Like even like a bag of quinoa. Yeah. Like, you know, at Market Basket, you can find a bag of quinoa for like three, four dollars, eh, maybe like four dollars. But at the supermarkets around here, for the same size, it's like six to seven, eight, nine dollars. So you know, if you think you know, that's like a change of uh, a savings of like two to three dollars per bag, and think about all the other things that you buy. Um, you know, it just adds up to a very expensive shopping. Um, Shopping trip, so yeah, I think you and I are going to have to uh, start going back to Market Basket. I, yeah, and one of my trips, I bought mostly vegetables, and I couldn't believe how 
I couldn't believe how how expensive that was. It was at Stop and Shop, and I couldn't believe how expensive it came out. It to was be. like a seventy five dollar grocery run, wasn't it? Mm-mm. Higher, More, higher. Oh boy, <laughs> that's seventy five bucks would have been nice. Oh boy, but yeah. So we're we have to. It's one of those things about moving. We're learning about the area, and it's just like I think we we have to just figure out a way where once every like couple weeks we take that special trip. Over to over to market basket. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. So we're back now. So uh, I think as long as we can, we're gonna start recording on Wednesdays. And it'll be ready on Thursday mornings. Yep, Thursday morning. I'll put it all together. And uh, yeah, then we'll be out on Thursdays. Yeah, we have we have some um, some ideas that we'd like to try out um, in season two. Yeah, like having a special guest, and we might actually have an Instagram and. Yeah, um, so we'll you know, see how <laughs> we'll see how these things come along, but it's something to look forward to. Yeah, so stay tuned. We'll uh, we'll keep you updated with um, anything new that uh, any big changes. Yeah. Well, thanks for. Uh, well, yeah. I, uh, I hate I, starting and ending is always the worst, but thank you guys, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed it, and uh, we will talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye.